You are listening to the Fantasy Joes Podcast, your weekly dose of fun and unique fantasy football talk with a focus on Dynasty. And now, here are your hosts, Trey Barrett, Will Greenwood, and Ryan Livergood. That's right. We are the Fantasy Joes in full force. We got back this week from North Carolina. The one and only, only Trey Barrett. The rumors of his demise have been greatly exaggerated. Trey, how are you? Man, I'm back bigger and badder than ever before. That's actually not true. I cut my beard. It's like the Samson thing. I'm, I'm, my, I'm dwindling. I don't have much to offer now without the, the beard. But, yeah, man, I'm, I'm stoked to be back with you guys tonight. It, was, it seemed like forever because we took a week off for the 4th of July, and then I missed a couple shows. So it's, it's like old times tonight. That's right. Happy to have you back on show 96. <laughs> And joining us from the home office in Minneapolis, Minnesota, the one and only Will Greenwood. Will, what's uh, up? Yes, here with much less excitement, I guess, Ryan. Thank you. Uh, Trey had to cut his beard, though, because he went on that, you know, going on this boys cruise, uh, and he actually picked up a fungal infection from the pool. So, had to go. <laughs> oh, it's too bad he was away from his, uh, his computer. <laughs> Go get one chance, everybody. <laughs> All right. And, and I'm uh, at Roto Librarian, Rand Livergood, coming to you from Chicago, Illinois, or, or a suburb north of Chicago. And we're here to talk a little bit of Dynasty football. We're getting closer. We're getting closer to the football season. And we're going to start off with a little segment we're calling Dynasty Disrespect. These are guys in Dynasty Leagues that are getting disrespected, they're undervalued, and, and we're going to talk about why they shouldn't be. So, Trey, who's your Dynasty disrespect for tonight's show? All right, so I'm going to the quarterback well here, and I'm looking specifically at uh, Superflex Leagues. I've got a gentleman for you guys that the last four seasons, in every season, this quarterback – has passed for over 4,000 yards and has passed for 25 or more touchdowns. Furthermore, this quarterback has finished in um, four-point passing touchdown leagues as the eighth, fifth, sixth, and twelfth quarterback. So this quarterback has been a quarterback one for the last four years done it for two different teams and is currently in a crazy disrespectful manner going as the 17th quarterback off the board in the most recent DLF Superflex ADP. I'm talking about none other than Kirk Cousins. I thought it was Captain Kirk. Minnesota Vikings. I mean, I'm not exactly sure why. Lamar Jackson, Mitch Trubisky, Jameis Winston, Jimmy Garoppolo, Dak Prescott, I can see. But, you know, I really feel like Kirk Cousins need to be taken in the top 12 of quarterbacks in a super flex league, in a single quarterback league. I mean, you could try to talk me out of it, but I just believe that when you finish four straight seasons as a top 12 quarterback, very consistent in an offense with the, the passing weapons that he has there, you know, he, he probably has the, you know, arguably, you know, two of the best receivers in the NFL for, as far as a one, two, a, a receiving back in, in Dalvin cook, 
And a great tight end. And a, and, a, and, a, and a good tight end. And, and I think you're probably going to start to see them do some two, two tight end sets and get, and get Irv Smith on the field there some, a la the Eagles and, and Dallas Goddard with, with Zach Ertz. So I just think that it's, it's a little crazy for him to be going. 59 overall is where his ADP is. So you're, you're talking about, you know, right at the end of the fifth round. So I think it's a little late for old Captain Kirk. You like that? I like it. <laughs> I like it a lot. No, I, I, yeah, that's a great call because you're right. He is disrespected and he is kind of an afterthought and he's only put up those consistent numbers. And no matter what happens with the Vikings, they're going to run the ball more committed to running the ball more. He's still going to put up some good numbers. Don't you think? Well, well, that's your guy. You're, you're in the twin cities there. Um, wh- what do you think of this call by Trey? Well, so you talk about the mess of the Viking system last year. You had two offensive coordinators throughout the year, one that got fired and then one that got promoted, and just completely different offensive philosophies. And if his, his, if his beginning of the year progressed towards the end and the way that Adam Thielen was producing before he got a little banged up and then the way that uh, Stefan Diggs came on at the end of the year, I think that he, I can totally agree that he's being disrespected. But I don't think he's being disrespected that hard. That's the – only caveat I'll give there. I don't. I don't think that end of the fifth round is like a horrible place to grab Kirk Cousins. I, 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 the amount of people that are going before him, maybe if uh, quarterback scoring is a little bit a little bit higher, you know, with like six points for passing touchdown or something like that, that uh, he should be moved up. But uh, I, I do think that's a good point, though, is that he should be more. He should be closer, like further up that that like QB ranks. Like he should be like the eighth QB taken, or ninth, and not not the twelfth. Yeah, I He's guess got good legs the, too. One of the arguments, I guess, will be that you're in that range. The the QBs are kind of it's kind of your preference. They're all kind of condensed together, and you can reorder them. But yeah, no, I, I think Kirk Cousins is good, and I think sometimes we chase those younger guys because we see this potential that a lot of times doesn't happen. Why not just take the safe guy that you can bank on, right? Wait, so would you trade? Would you trade Dak Prescott for Kirk Cousins, or not? I don't oh, think I would guy? because I, I I like I think that. You know, Dallas offense is improving with Amari Cooper there. I think that Dak does so much with his his legs on the ground that I, I think I'd rather have Dak personally. That may not be the right call, but that's that's where I go. What about you, Trey? I concur. I'm the same. I, you know, D- Dak honestly, he's quarterback twelve overall, which which feels like he he's probably being finally valued and respected. You know, he he probably would have been the guy kind of in that spot, you know, further down the teens, you know, this time last year. And, and I, you know, probably could have called him a, a guy that's being disrespected. The thing I like about Dak is he's got a really nice floor because of the rushing. Um, and, and I think that there's a, an upside that we haven't seen for him with Amari Cooper and, you know, Michael Gallup coming into the second year. And, and I think Randall Cobb's going to be an integral part of that offense. Not maybe a great fantasy starter, but I think as far as moving the chains and getting first downs, um, I, I think there's going to be some real nice things in that offense. So I would probably stick with Dak in that instance. Well, one of the things I love about you is that for this segment, we agreed, well, let's pick like one, maybe two guys for Dynasty Disrespect. Looking at the show sheet, you have a lot of guys here. So <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Can, I, can, I get, can, I, can I get a quick rewind on Dak's rushing? Minus him. Okay, okay. Minus touchdowns. Guys, what's Dak's career high for rushing yards in a season without 
looking. I'm going to go 400 yards, 350, 400 yards. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Okay, 357. Uh, Nailed it. No, but it's not – if you take away the – if so he's scored six touchdowns e- each year. That's not necessarily very predictable overall. If that goes down, his, his value goes drastically down. I, 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 I think Kirk Cousins, Dak Prescott, like, I don't know, flip a coin to me. But uh, yeah, the, I think relying on that is, is a fool, it's fool's gold. The only exception I'll say to that is, you know, typically he's got a very strong offensive line. And with Zeke, he's got one of the best um, backfield mates for, like, that read option, right? I mean, they're going to run that read option. And if the defensive end crashes in on Zeke, Dak's walking into the end zone. So that's the only, the only caveat is because, I mean, as, as far as, like, if you're at the one-yard line, Zeke's one of the, Zeke behind that Cowboys offensive line is, you know, almost a, a guarantee. You know, there's no guarantees. But I really like his ability to score in close. So I think Dak benefits from that is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, and I, I, I don't know Dak's rushing touchdown uh, percentage, but I don't feel like it was a lot of read option. But I also don't know. So, next well, week. Will, but before we move on to your dynasty disrespect, so I got to pin you down. You're like, ah, you're kind of waffling. You got to pick one or the other. Who are you going to take, Dak or Kirk Cousins? Oh, I'm over. I'll take Kirk. Okay. That's fine. I, I also think, like, uh, like to me, I, I think week in, week out, Somebody that you can start easily. I trust Kirk a lot more. First in the offense, two different offensive coordinators in that system. And then what Dallas is doing and the way they exploded like later on in the season. I also think the NFC uh, East is getting better. And they, they have more not – I don't know. It's it, There's a little bit of a kind of guess, guessing game in that, but I, I'll take Kirk. I would trade if, – if I had it, if we were in a lead together and I have Dak, you have Kirk Cousins and Superflex, I'll trade him. All right. I like it. Um, yeah, I feel like you can trust you can trust Kirk more than than Dak because Dak does have some up and down games, but uh, I'm still going with Dak for the rushing upside. Will, let's get on to your to your many options here for dynasty disrespect. <laughs> we're we're only going to do one player. Okay, well, who is it? Because on the show sheet you have like eight guys, so yeah, I put one, a bunch. maybe two players. So the first one who the reason I put him on here, although I feel like he's a relatively popular player in the offseason community is Christian Kirk. So one thing to talk about with wide receiver breakout years and Peter Howard has a really good job of describing this is really good wide receivers actually typically break out in year two, not year three, if they're going to be a stud. So when you, you know, I want the, um, I'm basically trying to grab onto the year one to year two transition to get the person that's going to be breaking out next year. That's not going to be able to be in that, let's say like top 20, top, top 15 shift. And where I'm going with this, uh, as I'm going with Christian Kirk here. So he's wide receiver 28 on the DLF rankings overall. And to me, it's like, this is the classic team shift. The, the, the Cardinals were horrible last year. They had the, like the, the what the second lowest passing yards per game. Uh, you know, Christian Kirk got a little bit banged up. He kind of exploded early on. He did really well uh, in, in the first games as a rookie. Uh, and so, to, to me, like he's he's uh, he was like the two fifteen pick. He has really great metrics. He doesn't miss. He doesn't like miss any boxes for checking it. As far as college production, athleticism, his size. He's five foot ten, two oh one, two oh one. So at least he has like a good body mass for being that size. Uh, I forget what DJ Moore is, but it's not, it's not that much bigger. 
But uh, what, what surprises me is that he's behind guys, and I'm just going to use deal up rankings as, as the example here, like A.J. Brown, D.K. Metcalf, uh, Nikhil Harry, and I would take Christian Kirk over all three of those wide receivers easily. Yeah, I like the call. I, I think Christian Kirk is a great name for you know all the reasons you stated and also just the, this that offense you know I've I've talked a lot on this show about Kyler Murray and that Arizona Cardinals offense ex, you know, experiment they're going to have out there in the desert and, and I am a believer and I think Christian Kirk is one of the guys that that could really benefit in that wide receiver core um, probably the number one guy that could benefit so I, I love this call I, I love investing in who should be the wide receiver one in Arizona uh, clearly after this year so Trey, what do you think? Yeah, I like it. I, I think it's a, a really good call. Um, I, I think, and and honestly, to further support your support your point, Will, um, based on the July ADP, is actually going as the thirty third wide receiver off the board. Um, oh yeah, my my were just I went up the ranks today. Oh, oh rankings, yeah, so, so no, like, an ADP. Yeah, yeah. So for instance, he's he's going behind Julian Edelman and Dante Pettis. Allen Robinson, Jarvis Landry, Tyler Boyd. So, you know, there, there's some names there. Obviously, once you start to creep up into the mid-20s, there's some pretty nice nice names. But I think he has a real opportunity. I think, I think that sometimes people pigeonhole him in as, as just a slot wide receiver. That he, and, and I do think he's going to run a lot of routes in the slot there in um, Arizona. You know, one of those four, you know, they're, they're going to be four wide a lot. But – I do think that he has the opportunity to, to run routes out wide too. I think he can win at both positions. And I think that's huge as far as flexibility, right? So if they go to, if they go to three wide on, on a given play, uh, you know, he, he can stay on that side of the field. If, if there's only be one receiver on the side of the field, he's on, you know, he can, he can just slot right out wide and, and, you know, run the, run the outside route. So I do think it, whereas I think someone like Andy Isabella, for instance, who I think is, you know, largely being considered the other slot receiver. I don't think Andy Isabella maybe is um, is going to be as, as as prone to be able to win on the outside. And I, I, I'll be completely honest, I'm not super well-versed in Andy Isabella's skill set. Um, so I could be wrong on that. But I just like – I do think Christian Kirk is by far and away the favorite to be the top target there. And um, I think that you're really going to want some pieces of that Cardinals offense. Uh, in the in the long run so i like the take will any other guys you want to mention honorable mentions because you listed a lot of guys any any in their name you'll throw out there quick well so so the one piece i want to talk about with christian kirk is you know what what kind of range are would you offer for him so this year's rookie draft if you had the 107 are you offering that for christian kirk like where, where do you guys kind of sit with your value opinion we're kind of past rookie drafts but there's still some that are going to go on uh, where where would be the cutoff? That's probably about right, but I don't think you do. You need to offer that much to get Christian Kirk. I I think it it depends. I mean, I guess at the end of the day, maybe I think I am that high on him where I would offer the one hundred and seven. But I don't think I need to offer that much to get Christian Kirk. I could be wrong. I'm going full like full on buy in though. Like you think that'll get accepted pretty easily? You know, it just depends. Like in each league, because like he's one of those guys. I think people, a lot of people that have him really like him and they really see the potential, but. Um, I think it's possible. It's possible that you could get Christian Kirk from the 107. I think that's about the right value. I think you. I don't it. think you. Yeah, I don't think you can. Honestly, no, no because 
I mean, if you if you look, um, so Nikhil Harry is going as wide receiver twenty three at like forty seven ADP, and and Christian Kirk's ADP is seventy. But if you look, you know, th- there's actually two of the mocks where Kirk was taken within ten picks of Harry. Um, you know, so I, I do think that you're probably going to have to, and, and I think you know, Nikhil Harry is anywhere from the you know one oh. I mean, in some leagues, he's taken 101. I think most commonly, he's probably in the 102 to 104 range. And, um, you know, uh, depending on the league settings, obviously, Superflex completely changes things. But if we're talking just stock PPR and you've got, you know, Harry, Sanders, and um, Jacobs and Montgomery off the board, you know, that next fifth, that, that, that next fifth guy, I, I think you might have to pay a little bit more. I, th- I don't know that I would – I think I would almost rather have Christian Kirk than anyone that I would take at the 105. I'm, I'm sorry. I thought we were a Superflex show. I was assuming Superflex. Well, yeah. If, if it's Superflex <laughs> – who, who plays one QB leagues anymore, Trey? Losers. Well. <laughs> no, but it's not, a good – but I'm glad you brought no, that up. That's a really good point. There's a huge difference between the 107 and the Superflex versus I – think, I think straight-up value proposition on your team – not, not not factoring in the, the whole environment value of picks and players. I think I would take Christian Kirk over to kill Harry. And I don't know if it's that close to me. Yeah, that's, that's, a bold, that's a bold take. I mean, I, you know, I don't, I don't think it's necessarily wrong. Um, you know, Christian Kirk was a, I believe he was a second round pick and I can't remember he's where. A two, he's a two, one, five. Yeah, that's right. So, you know, again, there's not a huge difference between, you know, you're talking about 16 picks, right? Because Harry was essentially taken with the last pick of the of the first round. I don't hate it. I, you know, one could argue that 24 months from now, the Cardinals offense could be better than the Patriots offense. And I know that sounds ludicrous, but I mean, let, let's just be honest. You know, Tom Brady is still doing wonderful things at the quarterback position, but that offense is not the same juggernaut that it was two or three years ago. And, um, yeah, I think Nikhil Harry has immense upside, but I think Christian Kirk has has solid upside as well. I'd probably take Harry over Kirk because I feel like it's a little safer profile, and I just think that his upside is higher. Um, but I, I don't think that it's just ludicrous to take Kirk over Harry. Yeah, I, I take Harry over Kirk, but it, it is close for me the more I think about it. It, it is close, but I, I, I think with uh, – I can't get over that first round draft capital, even though he was barely a first round pick and, you know, kind of a, cl- should be the clearer number one in new England. But I, but I see it though for Christian Kirk, I do love the Arizona offense. And I, I do think of all the, all the wide receivers on offense and dynasty. That's Christian Kirk's the guy I really want to have. And I've started to acquire him a lot in the off season. He's a guy I really like. So that's tough for me. That's tough for me. And, but um, And I'm a far, far throw away from saying that the, Arizona offense will be better than New England's overall as far as like wins and losses. But when it comes to fantasy, uh, I think Arizona's going to really struggle on defense this year. It's going to be super interesting to see how that goes. Yeah. It could be really bad, like really, really bad. <laughs> and the Patriots, if they're really bad at defense, they just kind of like slow play everything. Like they're way smarter when it comes to a coaching staff. So with whatever uh, Arizona brings to the table this year, I just think when it comes to fantasy points, Versus like prospect totals, I, I'm, I've, I've been trying to acquire Christian Kirk and it's hard, and I've been struggling with it. I haven't done it yet, and I want him. I want him bad. 
I think you might see a possibility. This is totally unrelated, but it's just something I kind of thought of the other day. And I almost wonder if you might see teams this year take a little different approach when they play the Cardinals. Because I think sometimes when you have these tempo offenses that want to go really up tempo and get it, you know, it's more of like a rhythm passing, quick passing. You got this dangerous dynamic quarterback that can, you know, break out of the pocket and make things happen. You know, what's the best way to defend offenses like that? It's to keep them on the sideline. So I almost wonder if you're not going to see teams against the Cardinals this year really try and slow the game down, yeah, run the ball, especially if the, if, if Carolina's the Carolina, where would that come from? If the Cardinals are, are going to really be a sieve on defense and you kind of can do what you would like, I, I almost wonder if teams are going to take the approach. It'll, this will be interesting to watch and, you know, in the long run could end up creating a buy opportunity for some of the Cardinals players. So it'll be interesting to watch. I know they want to run so many games um, uh, a week, but could be interesting to see if teams try to combat that by, by slowing them down and, running the ball and trying to grind out the clock a little bit against them. I like it. I like the, the, the like the differentiated opinion about the Cardinals. Uh, the other one, Ryan, which I assume you were really trying to get to this because my other dynasty disrespect that I really want to talk about is Anthony Miller. And it pains me because he's a Chicago bear. Uh, and although I don't hate the Chicago Bears, since Ryan likes them, it pains me. For, for some odd competitive reason. But I wanted to talk about, like, his whole year last year. I know he was an older prospect coming in, but I cannot wait to see until he th- – like, to see him thrive when he's recovered from his shoulder injuries. I hope that surgery cleans things up. He has the offseason with Trubisky, who I think has still a ton of upside uh, in that offense, that coaching staff, and he is the QB's best friend. I don't see how I, – I, I, I want to say this. I want to say this. I, I don't see how it can happen, but I, I do see how this can happen. Uh, Anthony Miller could easily be Trubisky's Jarvis Landry, and he's already shown more touchdown upside and better basically red zone overall efficiency than, than Landry has almost his whole career. And so uh, I just want to push past that. Let's, let's just push past, push past his, uh, his like general upside. The other part of that is Allen Robinson. He's not a long-term contract person for Chicago. So we hit, you know, he'll be there this year. We'll go to next year. Let's say Allen Robinson doesn't flash like super hard. Allen Robinson be, could be cut for 2 million dead cap, like, like a dead cap hit versus the total 15 million cap that he has for that year. So he could either be a quick trade candidate. He could be just a cut for savings with what they're doing with the team. Uh, I, I, I wouldn't be shocked if Allen Robinson is gone after the 2019 season. So with Anthony Miller posting seven touchdowns, being super banged up, his shoulder basically falling out of the socket like every other game, uh, I think his upside going into this year, this is your last chance to get him at a decent deal. And it, he's not that expensive yet. So even if you overpay and, and this fails, I think that's uh, still a super by low window. Hey, well, I'm happy to hear you say this, and I think it's a great call. I have a, a real bias towards Anthony Miller because he's a, he's a Chicago Bear. But you are spot on with both calls here, with Allen Robinson maybe not coming back, back to Chicago because they're going to have to pay Mitch Trubisky. I mean, people can laugh all they want. But unless he, like, completely flops this year and, and pulls, like, a Marcus Mariota, and then they have questions about him. But if, you know, he plays even the same as he did in 2018 – 
you know, they're going to have to pay him. And there are other guys on this team they have to pay. There are a lot of guys, um, the, you know, you, we can go through the roster and talk about it. So that certainly could happen with Allen Robinson. And you're right, Anthony Miller, people forget that that injury was horrible. Um, I, th- I think his shoulder popped out six or seven times. It kept popping it back in. Uh, it's horn labrum, which they could have, you know, fixed during the year, but they didn't want to have his year in. So he, he played through that. He played through that and still had a pretty decent rookie year, all things considered. So you are right. He is a guy that could really explode this year. And I, I think at the cost to acquire him, it's certainly worth the gamble. Um, but once again, I, I don't want I don't like to talk about Anthony Miller too much because I have a real, uh, real bias uh, because he's a Chicago Bear and I, I like him as a player and I, and I think I think he's an interesting guy. I'm glad you brought him up, uh, Trey. What do you think of Anthony Miller? Are, are you swayed by this? Or are you still kind of like eh, I think he's about properly valued? Well, I th- I think the thing the thing to remember. I'm having trouble speaking tonight. <clears throat> I'm only drinking coffee. Um, the thing to remember about Anthony Miller, because you know, obviously, draft capital is is something we're becoming increasingly aware of, especially when you're talking about wide receivers. Um, and he was taken in the second round um, in the 2018 draft. You know, but the but the Bears actually gave up their 2019 second round pick to move up and get him, and they traded. I th- I think it was pick 105, so it was like maybe an early fourth. Um, and their 2019 second. So I think the Bears really believed in him, and, and I, I don't hate it. It's, you know, it's all about price, right? So you know, right now he's, he's going outside the top 100 in ADP. Of course, that's single quarterback, which you know, is, you know, nobody does anymore, obviously. So <laughs> he was ra- he's ranked right. 44 on DLF, so that's, that's kind of where I was, I was judging this off of. Yeah, so I think I mean, what do you think it costs to acquire him? You, you think you could? You, you think you'd have to pay a mid second to get Anthony Miller, a late second? I guess the problem is that last year I remember he was creeping into the end of the first round um, in in some rookie drafts, which seemed kind of insane at the time. There was a lot of hype surrounding Anthony Miller last year, so I just wonder if if it might be harder than that. You know, if, if the owner paid that kind of price for him and really believed in him, um, you know, obviously recency bias may may influence that, but. What do you guys think it would take to buy him? Well, so let's say you scooped up DK Metcalf at the 110. I'd send DK Metcalf or Anthony Miller right now. Oh, I think you could definitely get him for that. I, I think, yeah, for late first, early second round pick, I think you could easily get Anthony Miller. Because the rookies are, you know, are hot. I mean, even though the rookies are schooled off, even though we don't like this rookie class, someone's probably going to be like, oh, I could get DK Metcalf. Look at the ceiling on him with Russell Wilson. I, I, I want to make that deal or I want to do that deal. So I, I think you could get it done in a lot of leagues for – um, like a mid-second round pick. I think people, like, if they could get J.J. Arcega-Whiteside over Anthony Miller, I think they'd probably do that because of all the hype he's getting. So I think it's doable in certain leagues. I mean, certain play- owners, of course, will have Anthony Miller and not want to give him up for that, but I think some will. I think you could kind of grab that hype train. I also stumbled over my words, Trey, because I wrote this uh, blurb about Anthony Miller at work today, and I clearly, like, copied and pasted something incorrectly. So there's a really weird sentence in the middle. So, Ryan, are you saying you would take uh, Anthony Miller over DK Metcalf? Well, <laughs> am I saying that? Um, yeah, I mean, I guess I wouldn't do a trade straight up because I don't think the value is there. I think, I think Metcalf's more valuable than Anthony Miller. But, yeah, I mean, I think I'd probably rather have Anthony Miller on my roster. And obviously, you know, there's, I have a personal yeah, bias. Yeah, you're biased. That's true. So, yeah. yeah, I'm the wrong guy to ask. Well, but, no, I, I would, even, 
If I scooped up DK at like the 112, I'd trade it for Anthony Miller right away. But you'd want to get yeah, more on that deal, wouldn't you? No, I just want the win. All right. The, the thing we talk about is like trade values like this, but this is how you end up like collecting, cultivating more value on your team is you make deals that necessarily aren't just like fair market value because nobody makes actual fair market value trades on their teams for the most part. They want to have a win in their court. So I, I would do that. No, I, I like it. No, I, but I'm saying, I, I think when I approach a deal, it, it depends. It depends on the owner and the situation and stuff like that. But I think at least initially, you know, you just spent a first round draft pick on DK Metcalf. You could probably get a little more back, you know, Anthony Miller and a little, a little something, something. I think I'd rather try to get a like draft pick or something thrown in. And then if I couldn't get it done, then I would be like, okay, let's just do the deal straight up. Obviously, I, I would never know, Ryan, because you don't trade with me because you're speaking <laughs> my team. Probably because you get this because I'm always asking for more picks back, and you're like, I just don't want to deal with you, so forget it. <laughs> I, I, I think I heard the comment like, hey, I don't want to trade with you. You're my competition. And in and, and a couple of leagues, that that is the case. So, I, you know, I, I, I we don't talk about that much, and no one talks about that on, on podcasts, but I certainly consider the, the other teams. I don't just trade to trade. Like, if there's someone I consider a contender, like the, the, my number one competition in the league, why would I trade with them? But no one ever seems to bring that up. I guess people just think, uh, I don't know. Scared money don't make money, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> when there's blood no, in the I'm water, not. that's when you buy. Oh, man. I'm not, no, I'm not scared. I'm just smart, man. Why, why would oh. I want to help out the – I don't know. I'm not going to get uh, pressured. You just went it. back to middle school. Is that why you voted to keep fantasy defenses in the dynasty Darwinism? I, I didn't vote to keep them. Just, Listen, you guys, you guys obviously need to get, get caught up on your Twitter. You, you guys talking about taking Anthony Miller over DK Metcalf. Yeah. Obviously have not been seeing the videos of DK Metcalf running routes on that are circulating social media. So. I saw some, I saw some with uh, Anthony oh, Miller and his arm was still dragging on the ground. I hope that surgery <laughs> fixed it. He was playing like flight football and it was just dislocated again. Yeah, I mean, Hopefully the guy's injury prone and he's basically almost 30. Yeah, he's, he's, he's actually Antonio Brown's age. I mean, he's almost but, halfway but to – So, also, Anthony Miller had a few rush attempts last year, like more – like enough to be relevant to project for the future. And I'm actually very excited about his role in that offense. I, I cannot – like I've had a hard time scooping up Christian Kirk and Anthony Miller. And I, I put these, these, these guys in here too because I'm frustrated about not being able to get them. Hold on, time out. I'm looking at Anthony <laughs> Miller's stats and I see – Six rushing attempts last year in 16 games. I'm not quite sure that that would qualify as projectable for the future. With yeah, the dislocated shoulder, they didn't rush him that much, but at least they did a little bit. Did Akeem and Hicks I had 27, rush the ball he had once? 27, he had 27. No, 26 because he had one for negative one. He had 26 rushing yards last year. I don't think that's projectable for the future. Oh, the fact that they even I get the excitement. That, that, that context, though, I'll take that. Oh man, we, that's, okay, like, we, that's like what what two two rushing like under, just under two rushing yards a game. Bank it. Uh, uh, all right, we we've let's move on from from Anthony Miller and DK Metcalf. <laughs> I, I want to talk about a guy that I feel is like it's it's kind of cheating almost. This is like the cheat code for this segment, Dynasty disrespect. Because I'm going to bring up Jarvis Landry because he's always been disrespected in Dynasty. He is ADP overall of number sixty overall, the 29th wide receiver taken. But here's what I think about him. Is he sexy? Is he going to crack into the top 12 wide receivers? No. But 
here's his finishes in full point PPR last four years from 2015 to 2018 guys. He finished 11, 13, number four overall, number 19. People talk about his target decline after Baker Mayfield took over. But if you look at the stats, he still averaged over 7.5 targets a game in his last five games of 2018. He does that in 2019. You're looking at 120 targets, which in the past two years would have put you in the top 15 in the league of targets. I think Jarvis Landry is almost guaranteed to catch 75 balls for about 900 yards and five touchdowns. And I think that's his floor. I think his floor is a low-end wide receiver too. You bring in Odell Beckham Jr. to that offense. It's only going to help out Jarvis Landry. He is, is not the wide receiver one. He should not be the man in any offense. But he's going to be a great complimentary wide receiver. Baker Mayfield is going to have a big year. The Cleveland Browns are going to have a big year. Um, you're going to want to invest in Cleveland Browns. And I think Jarvis Landry is a guy you can invest in cheap right now. I mean, I can get him outside the top 24 wide receivers taken. I mean, sign me up, man. Uh, so Jarvis Landry is a guy that we're just like poo-pooing on, but he's really good. And he just puts up production. I, I just, I love Jarvis Landry. I, I mean, is he going to be a wide receiver one? No, but uh, like a consistent wide receiver two, maybe even a high end wide receiver two. Yeah. I mean, come on. 13, I finished 11, 13, 4, 19. I mean, that's awesome. One of those things is not like the other, though. Yeah, uh, uh, he's always finished as a top 20 wide receiver. So so you don't like him, Will. Why not? Come on, bring it. No, I like Landry f- f- fine enough. But uh, one, do we – so this is my whole Cleveland Browns offensive take is do we really know what they're going to be? Do, do we really – do we really? Uh, Baker Mayfield got crushed by the Texans. This is out to the Chris Harris podcast. He got crushed by the Texans secondary last year and threw a few horrible interceptions. And uh, let's see him progress more than his attitude when it comes to the field for this next year. Let's see him actually do some things on the field that win the Browns more games and they actually become a successful team. They traded an offensive lineman for another defensive player for I can't, I can't really explain. What, what reason that would be. Uh, I want to see the whole offense work out. I want to see everything gel before I'll pay up because you're maxing out on prices right now anyway. Jarvis Landry might be a buy low, but nobody's selling Jarvis Landry at a buy low, is my opinion, when you're trying to go get them. So let me see something from this before I go and pay up for this because otherwise you're paying up for no benefit. They're, 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 these guys are peaking. I think people want to get rid of Jarvis Landry and their teams. I think they look at their roster like, oh, God, Jarvis Landry. Look at how he finished last year and how Odell Beckham Jr. is there and they got other targets. Like, you know, I, I think that David Njoku is going to take a step forward. I don't, I don't think they want – I don't think people want Jarvis Landry. I, I just – I don't think people ever have. And I think you can get him pretty low. I think you get him lower than this, frankly. And this is where he's taken in um, like a startup ADP. But I think you can get him for less than this, frankly. So I, I just think it's a, it's a guy worth, worth asking about. So, like I said, not, not a sexy name for, I mean, no, no doubt about that, but you know, a guy that you can, you know, plug in your lineup, I think every week. So, so we'll see, we'll see how it goes. I agree. There's a little bit of risk here, but I, I feel like at least if nothing else, you're going to get a, a pretty good floor with Jarvis Landry. So Jarvis Landry, Christian Kirk. Well, the upside is, is higher with Christian Kirk. I don't have to pay as much though for, for Jarvis Landry though. Yeah. It was just like straight start draft. I go Kirk because they're, of the upside. Round apart. Oh, they're see, I think I, I think I'd go. Apart. I think I'd go Landry. Really? Right. Your credit, yeah. Okay. I actually really like what they can be. I just like I want to just put that in there about the the Browns' <laughs> offense for next year. 
I think that your, Will, your take on how Baker Mayfield looked as a rookie starting quarterback in the NFL coming from the Big 12 is, I mean, you know, Peyton Manning, the great Peyton Manning had like 28 interceptions his rookie season, and he, and he played football in the SEC um, in, in college, not the, the Big 12 where, you know, defense is optional. <laughs> so, I, I mean, I just, you know, we, we know that you're the resident Cleveland Brown hater. You don't want to I still am. I'm sorry. We know that, you know, that the off-season hatred of last year was was strong with this one. And uh, so, but Ryan, to your point, and, you know, it's so funny. We agree a lot. And and, and I, I do tend to kind of agree with you overall, but I'm going to play a little, devil, little devil's advocate. I do have some concerns with Landry because, you know, pretty much every year of his NFL career, I believe he's been like the primary target in the passing offense. And I think that – Hello, Devontae Parker. Odell Beckham. It's also just such a, like, <laughs> S show. Odell it, Beckham's going to command a significant amount of targets, and I am a firm believer no, no doubt. in the what David, about the PSA David Joku breakout. So I, I do think – I think 75-905 as a floor is a very aggressive. I think that could actually be closer to his ceiling, to be honest with you. I think his floor is more like, you know, 60 catches and 600 yards. The touchdowns obviously are going to be super hard to predict. But, you know, I think that that, you know, they're going to play good defense. Obviously, Nick Chubb's going to be a big part of that offense. Odell Beckham's going to get showered with targets. Um, and, and so I, I just have some qualms about, like, if I look at DLF ADP and I look at the six receivers going in front of him, you know, Boyd, Lockett, Davis, Watkins, Mike Williams, Nikhil Harry, like, I'd rather have all of them over Landry fairly easily. I, what, you, what you did say that I tend to believe is that you could probably get him cheaper than that in trades. And so I do think he could be an interesting trade target to be like a wide receiver three or four for you. But uh, I do have some concerns about how things are going to look in no, – nobody knows, right? We're all just, you know, sus- suspecting this is kind of what's going to happen. And, and so – but you're right. He's definitely a guy that doesn't carry the same – well, well all, all those a lot it's of those guys, out every year that you've believed in the Cleveland Browns. But all those guys you named, Trey, there's the difference is like you're you're I don't say you're chasing upside with those guys, but I think that's why those guys get picked before Jarvis Landry. And and I'm not saying I wouldn't do the same thing with a lot of those names. Like, you know, Sammy Watkins, for example. Did you say he goes before Landry right there? Like he's a guy that's yeah. like, you know, super intriguing. But if you look at what Sammy's done, he's disappointed you time and time again. But like, yeah, in that Chiefs offense with with Tyreek Hill. We don't, we don't really know his situation. And, yeah, I, I see taking him for the upside. I, but I'm just saying, you know, if you're not necessarily – if you just want – you know, sometimes you just want those steady Eddie guys. And, and I think that Jarvis Landry at the, at the least is going to provide you that. So, yeah, I think he's just a guy to kick the tires on that you could probably get for less than you think. Because I just think the perception of him is like, oh, he's boring. I don't want him. I'm worried about what's going to happen in that Cleveland offense with, with L. Beckham Jr. there. Because you're right. I mean, he is going to get get a lot of targets, but but I think that Jarvis Landry is going to get his as well, even if there's a Njoku breakout. We'll see. We'll see. Guys, we spent a lot of time on Dynasty Disrespect, but we've got another great, fun segment. Shall we move on to it? Yeah, as I uh, said, that was a really nice intro. <laughs> yeah. That was supposed to be like a 10-minute segment, Max. Wait, four I had like four more. We want to have a show right now. We, we can... <laughs> yeah. We should. Hey guys, believe in the Browns. It's a good idea. That's worked out so well. This is a segment we call Dynasty Twitter Trades. So, 
<laughs> what we do in this segment is we basically go on Twitter and we find some dynasty trades and we look at them before we know the results. And we, then we assess, do we agree with Twitter or do we not agree with the Twitterverse? So that's what we're going to do. The first trade comes from at the fantasy moose and <laughs> at the fantasy moose says, quote, it's been almost three months since the hashtag NFL draft and perception of some rookies have changed. With the Hill News in April, Nicole Hardman was a popular late first, early second round pick in rookie drafts. Do you still favor McColl or one of the others listed below with similar ADP? So the names listed below are McColl Hardman, J-Jaw, J.J. Arcega, Whiteside, Sega, Sega. Actually Sega, but that's fine. Hollywood Brown or Andy Isabella. So what do you, first of all, what do you guys think? What do you think Twitter said? Who, who do you think they went with? Will, do you want to go first? Who do you think um, is the, is the preferred rookie wide receiver? McCole Hardman, JJ Arcega Whiteside, Marquise Hollywood Brown, or Andy Isabella? I bet at this moment in time, it'll go JJ, Hollywood Brown, Andy Isabella, McCole Hardman. All right. So you're so you're going with our Sega Whiteside first. What what, yeah. what what percentage? Uh, let's let's go pretty high. Let's go like forty two. Forty two percent. Okay. Trey, what what about you? What what say you here? What what how how would you rank these guys and who do you have first and what percentage? Um, I would have JJ Arcega Whiteside first, no question. Probably. Well, there's four of them. I was going to say it's probably a big majority. I'll say like forty five percent. Um, just to you know, stay close to Will and you know, <laughs> beat him out by a little bit. Um, he used to still take my, my body warmth from. And, and I would say honestly, with with the hype, you know, Hollywood Brown should be second. Um, I, I would almost be tempted to think Miko Hardman could even be at the back. The back, you know, the, I think the I think the Miko Hardman hype has come crashing down, um, especially now as Tyree Kill appears to be like. I mean, I think he's going to miss some games, but. You know, I don't know if you guys have seen, but his ADP is starts climbing. It is yeah. crazy. So I, I think Hardman probably is last in the group. It, it would. It's probably pretty close between he and Isabella, though. Maybe Isabella. Maybe Isabella's last. It's the opposite Chiefs like for, format where Cream Hunt plays half the year or a little bit over, then gets cut. But then when Tyreek Hill comes, like it, it's it's like gonna slightly be suspended. I'm just so confused by it. Yeah, it should be Hollywood Brown first. I'm gonna I do, you to say that 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 it should right? be Hollywood Brown above JJ Arcega Whiteside. Completely agree, and I love that. So, so let, let before we see the results, who who do you guys take out of these guys? You don't have to rank them, but Hollywood Brown first, right? Yes, easy easy decision for me. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with that. We're in a consensus there. Let's, let's let's take a look. You sound surprised. What's Hollywood Brown's real first name? Marquise. Yeah. All right. So here we go, guys. Um, it, it is uh, our Seagull Whiteside with uh, 49%. Oh, who earns, Trey? Then you got Andy Isabella, uh, wow. number two, at 23%. Wow. Hollywood Brown at 18%, and McCole Hardman only at 10%. So, yes. Cardinals love is, the Cardinals' love is, is rising. Immense. Yeah, it but is. 
Yeah, I, I want to love Hakeem Butler, but my only Cardinals love right now is Christian Kirk. There are people that really love Andy Isabella, like really intrigued by him. And I, I'm probably among them. Um, I, I do think he's an intriguing <laughs> guy, but I still would take Hollywood Brown above him. But but yeah, I, I see it. I can see 23% of Twitter wanting him over these other guys. Um, and, and I'll tell you what, you know, uh, um, Sega, man, he – He's a guy that as we've, you know, gone through rookie drafts, I, I have become more and more intrigued with him because maybe I'm being influenced by the reports, but I also remember watching him in college and I, I was really impressed with the way he used his body and how he was, he was so important for that Stanford offense. And I could see, you know, Carson Wentz really looking to him to, to move the chains and looking at him in the red zone. So I do think he's an intriguing guy uh, for the future, for the, for the Eagles. I, I like that you know, having him attached to Carson Wentz. And I think there's something going around about how basically, um, you know, the wide receiving core will be completely different next year. No one's under contract, but our Sega white side, of, I, I don't know if that's true or not. I think there's some truth to that anyway. So he's intriguing. Yeah. I always want to get this little bit of like Steve Kime opinion again, about the Cardinals with Andy Isabella. That was the pick they got for trading Josh Rosen. And according to the rumors is Steve Kime did not shop Josh Rosen until after they took Kyler Murray at the 101. And that makes him a horrible general manager. And so I'm really worried about their their whole wide receiving core fix, which terrifies me about one of my favorites, Akeem Butler, in general. So uh, he's been faded pretty heavily. Yeah, that's interesting. Why why wouldn't you shop around? Because I mean, did they because what what do you have to lose if um if everyone knows who you're taking Kyler Murray was, I, I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't get it. Maybe he ever thought of strategy, but, but I, I think when it comes to that though, guys do stupid things like in, in Chicago, you know, what, look what, what Ryan Pace did with, with Mitch Trubisky, like traded up one pick, you know, I mean, so far, so far different. No, but, but you don't draft your quarterback and trade your first round pick for the next year for a late second rounder. That's, but I'm, I'm just saying, I think sometimes these GMs, like, they over overthink it. They outmaneuver themselves. You know, they they do dumb things. It happens. You know, so. you know, Evan Silva had one of the he he by far and away has had the best take that I've heard at all about this situation. And everybody says like it was a foolish decision of them. They should have kept Joshua. They this you know shoulda shoulda shoulda. But he said they made the absolute right decision. They have a brand new head coach coming in that wanted his guy. You know, it's the sunk cost theory, right? Like it does not matter what you paid for Josh Rosen last year. If you don't think he's going to work out and be your quarterback for the franchise, you do not, you know, change your plans and not take Kyler Murray because you invest. You, what, what you did last year in the draft means nothing this year. And so I, I think it's a great – I mean, I, I, I have an immense amount of respect for Evan and his connectedness in the NFL. Um, and, you know, he, he references, you know, franchises that continue to make these poor decisions based on decisions they've made in the past. And all it does is just continue to make things worse. So, you know, they have a new coach coming in. Their, their GM likely is going to live or die based on this hire. So why not give the guy – the guy's an offensive guru. So, on the record saying that, like, Kyler Murray is the, his dream quarterback to run this system in the NFL. Why not make it happen? Like, has, Trey, I, I don't think, yeah. Trey, you're, miss, you're missing – I feel like you're missing the point of what I was saying is you should have shopped Rosen before the draft. You don't shop Rosen only after you take Kyler Murray. Right. Now your sunk cost devalues – everybody knows you want to move him. Like, you could have gotten maybe a late late first rounder 
for Josh no, Rosen. I, think, I don't think that, I think the market was there. They, I mean, it's not, it was no the, secret. The, that the, they, the article they were, said that he didn't even shop him until after that pick was taken. Yeah. I don't, I don't know that I, I don't know that I believe that. I don't know that I, because I don't know that, that he shot beforehand though. He only got a late second rounder. That's a horrible, horrible choice. Might as well just keep Rosen. Well, no, I, I think that they made the right move to get out and move on. I don't, I don't think keeping, keeping Rosen in that quarterback room was going to be beneficial for anyone. I mean, obviously it would have been nice for them to get, but, but I think that, you know, I mean, everybody knew essentially that they were taking Kyler Murray, but yeah, I mean, you know, we'll, we'll never really know what they were doing as far as shopping it or not shopping him or not shopping him. Yeah. Let, let's, let's move on. It, it's interesting. And, and, but I think, um, yes, I, I agree with, with Evan Silva and what they did other than like not shopping Rosen before, but it, but to, yeah. the draft, yeah, I, I, we have no problem with the draft. Yeah. Yeah. Proposition of that, but it's like, and it's going to be so much fun. I cannot wait. to you watch have a well on. cost theory. <laughs> All right. We can get into that maybe with the next trade. Okay. So you got uh, Nate Hernandez at Hernandez, Nate Twitter fam dynasty PPR. Which side do you want on your team? So you've got Mike Evans on one side, that's side A. Or on side B, you've got – side B. Side B, you've got <laughs> – I was like, Kenyon Drake, DK Metcalf, OJ Howard, and a 2021st. So on, on the one side, you've got Mike Evans. And the other side, you've got a bunch of, a bunch of pieces um, involving Kenyon Drake, DK Metcalf, OJ Howard, and a 2021st. So what do you think, guys? Do you want that big package deal or do you want Mike Evans? What did, what did Twitter say? What did the Twitter fans say about who or what package they would take? Trey, you go first here. I think that Twitter is going to agree with me. Um, this, is, <laughs> this is without a question for me, Mike Evans. It's a no-brainer. Um, I think Mike Evans is one of the more disrespected wide receivers up there at the top. Actually, if you take – I mean, if you take Mike Evans and look at his first five years in the league and compare it to DeAndre Hopkins' first five years in the league, uh, I mean, the only thing DeAndre Hopkins leads him in is receptions. You know, touchdowns and yardage are to the side of Mike Evans. You know, Hopkins has been in the league one more year. I think that Evans, you know, five straight years of 1,000 yards receiving. I mean, Mike Evans is so very close to DeAndre Hopkins and Odell Beckham, in my opinion, and Devontae Adams at the top. Um, I think the fact that he's going in the late first or early to mid-second of, of startup drafts is just kind of craziness. So I think this is easily Mike Evans for me. What percentage? What, what do you think Twitter said? Oh, what do I think Twitter said? Well, so here's the thing, man. O.J. Howard gets a lot of love. D.K. Metcalf has, you know, Kenyon Drake and the 2021st. I, I think it's probably closer. I think it's probably – you know, maybe only like 55% Mike Evans should be like 75%, but I'm going to say 55%. Okay. Will Greenwood, what do you think? You want the the package with Drake, DK, OG Howard, 2021st, or Mike Evans? So, Trey, I, I feel like that you think Twitter is going to agree with you here. The 2021st scale or, or value is off the charts. O.J. Howard is super hyped. D.K. Metcalf is valued over Christian Kirk, which is weird. Uh, and then Kenyon Drake on the fantasy footballers has been touted as a top 15 running back coming into next year. So 
in my personal opinion, for me, Mike Evans all day. I, I completely agree with you. My, my Twitter opinion, though, is different. And I'd be willing to put, if we're going to do a little throwback, a little grab bag of shame bet on this. What's the grab bag of shame bet? Uh, was, we have like some little grab bag. We have like a lot of like nasty shots in there. <laughs> no, what's the, what's the bet? But what, not... but what's the, what, what's the that, bet? That, 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 that Twitter chooses Drake, DK Metcalf, OJ Howard in the 2021st over Mike Evans. No way. Twitter, tw- no, there's no way that I'm going to <laughs> do a grab bag bet banking on Twitter. You're, you're crazy. What, what, Listen, Ray, you're on Twitter 1,000 times more than I am, so you should know this. <laughs> yeah. Well, Okay, I want to know what percentage you think will. You, so you're. All right, so I'm going to go that Twitter's going to take this, and it's going to be 75-25. All right, 75-25 is your guess here. So this is let's, a horrible idea. Let's find out what Twitter thought of the deal. So Twitter, Will, you were correct, not by the percentage, but you were right. They went 55% the package. 55% went with Drake, DK Metcalf, OJ Howard, the 2021st. Only 45% of Twitter went Mike Evans. Uh, Trey is shaking his head in disgust. He's about to cry, I think. I wish, um, you know what I need to do? I'm going to post the same poll and I'm going to put DeAndre Hopkins instead of Mike Evans. And I want to see what the results are because I bet it's probably 60 40 for D Hop. Yeah, that's totally fair. Yeah. And, yeah. and the, the, the literally, I mean, this time, two years ago, Mike Evans was the 101 in Dynasty. I mean, yeah. like. So, so- those those two guys should be so closely valued, and I bet if you put DeAndre Hopkins or or even OBJ instead of Mike Evans, it would be just overwhelmingly that side. Don't you guys but, think? Or maybe not. I agree. I know there's the, a lot of hot names. No, no, you're right. But the difference, of course, is the quarterbacks that are attached to those wide receivers. Now, because uh, a lot of people oh. are just totally down on Jameis Winston. So if you look at those guys, like DeAndre Hopkins attached to Deshaun Watson, they're gonna have that connection for years. I, I, I'm buying into that. Or Oh, okay. Now it's Beckham with, with Baker Mayfield, the next great quarterback in the league. And, and that's kind of where Mike Evans was a couple of years ago, right? We thought Jameis Winston was going to be, you know, this next great quarterback in the league or a lot of people did. So, so yeah, now people are like, I don't know about Jameis. And that's, I think that's the concern with Mike Evans. I'm not saying it's right. Cause I think no matter what happens with the Tampa Bay quarterback that Mike Evans is going to be a stud, but I think that's the difference. Can, can I, I, my actual opinion about this is this is the red zone bias. And by red zone, I mean, NFL Red Zone, the show, because that's what I watch on Sundays, and I watch through it, and there was way more Mike Evans drops on the Red Zone last year than there was any other wide receiver that, that's up in this range. And so I think it's actually you're seeing a, uh, a bias based on what, what he's done in just a, a few plays, and that's why Mike Evans is being disrespected. Because, Trey, I agree, he was the 101-102 two years ago, and he hasn't really changed. Yeah, I yeah. traded actually. This is, you know, money where my mouth is, although I got a nice piece on top. I traded in a league um, DeAndre Hopkins and Kenyon Drake for Mike Evans and Corey Davis because I, I really feel like, mm. you know, Mike Evans is so, so close. And I know Kenyon Drake has a lot of love for this upcoming year, but I, I love, I'm still like Team Corey Davis. I think the, the breakout's coming. And so I am, um, I was stoked to make that deal. I like that deal. I do. Um, I don't necessarily believe in, in Drake. And that, that's interesting that the fancy footballers are touting him as this top 15 option at running back for 2019, because that, that offense is just like Mike, Mike Taglier preaches this all the time. It's like the, the best offenses have the best running backs, generally speaking. So 
you want to invest in an offense with you running back in a great offense. And I, I do feel that way with Kenyon Drake. We just, we just don't know what they're going to be. And he does have some competition there with Kalen Bellage. So I, I don't know. I, I mean, but, he's intriguing, but I'm, I'm done. But, I'm but done touting dolphins. Do you know, do you know who left? Do you know who left Miami? Yes. I, of course. Our, our friend, uh, uh, Dowell Loggins, yeah. Dowell Loggins, <laughs> yeah. But Kenyon Drake was a danger zone without any tune. Kenyon Drake was a top fifteen PPR running back last year. I mean, yeah. So, but uh, I can promise you, for someone who owned him on a couple teams and was starting him, it was not a fun ride. It was, yeah. you know, it's kind of like what Will says about Lamar Miller. Like the end of the year numbers may look good, but the week to week quality in your starting lineup was was not there. You know, there were a couple games where you're like. Wow, that was a big game. And then for the most part, you're like, that's a wasted roster spot. Should have just left that one blank. (laughs) If you count that, the the touchdown he had against the Patriots was ridiculous. You know, it's those kind of things. But, yeah. 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 Twitter sucks. All right, this is going to be the this is going to be the rubber match here. We'll we'll save the rest of them for the exclusive Patreon only episode. Uh, uh, for what's worth, I don't care about our wins and losses. This is great. I love. This. Oh yeah, no, I don't either. No, I, I should have known better than to, uh, you know, <laughs> trust Twitter. This is what I was also like. Twitter loves Derrick Henry, and they're still wrong. <laughs> All right, guys, let, let's go to the. Uh, uh, trade number three here. This will be the, the rubber match between you guys. I know, I know we don't care about wins and losses uh, other than when it comes to our fantasy teams. But okay, so this is Tom B at TR Blackledge. Whose side do you like? <laughs> Typical Dynasty PPR. So you've got on one side, you got Travis Kelsey, um, Brandon Cooks, and Tariq Cohen. So Kelsey, Cooks, and Cohen. On the other side, you have just two names it's Melvin Gordon and Stefan Diggs. So you got the Kelsey Cook Cohen, Kelsey Cooks Cohen side, or the Melvin Gordon and Stefan Diggs. Well, it's your turn to go first. What do you think? <laughs> it, 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 let, let's let's talk. Let's talk this trade through. On one hand, you've got the the tight end one in in Dynasty. I don't I don't think we, anyone wants to dispute that. Um, you've got Brandon Cooks, who is an interesting wide receiver, kind of a guy that could be Dynasty disrespect if you wanted to, and Tariq Cohen, who is in that emerging Bears offense versus Melvin Gordon. Hmm, Melvin Gordon. What's going to happen with Melvin Gordon this year? Is he going to hold out? Is he going to play? And then Stephon Diggs, your guy in Minnesota, attached to Captain Kirk, who we talked about earlier. So which side do you want? Well, I think to discuss this trade initially, super interesting because Melvin Gordon's a clear win now guy. So is Travis Kelsey, right? We can at least, I think, agree on the principle that these guys are like two, two to three year windows max. Uh, on their applicable value for applicable value for dynasty leagues. That's probably the common um, thought process, anyway. Sure. Yeah. At least like, let's go with the commoners, which is Twitter. So, uh, Brandon Brandon Cooks always disrespected, but has always been that that high end wide receiver two over thousand yards, bunch of touchdowns here and there. Uh, Tariq Cohen has has plummeted since he took David Montgomery, and Stephen Diggs is. I, I have a really hard time deciding on the up and up of what Twitter feels about him. I'm very high for me. Uh, give me Melvin Gordon and Stefan Diggs. And I'll take it on the Twitter side. Okay. What, what percentage? Uh, I, I don't want to go high here. 41, 50, sorry, 51, 49. <laughs> 51 for the Gordon Diggs side. Okay. So Ryan, 
Where do you rank Stefan Diggs in your like general? Let's go super flex, like full PPR. Not that Superflex matters, but I want to keep everything in context of your wide receiver rankings. Is he in your top 12? That's a good question. With Without having them in front of me, I'm not sure. But I, I think he's borderline for me. When I look at this deal in particular, I don't see a big difference between Brandon Cooks and and, uh, and Diggs, to be honest with you. So, um, you know, to me, the, those guys almost cross each other out in the deal. Uh, with uh, Kelsey and Gordon – you know, I, I think obviously Melvin Gordon has higher density value right now, but Travis Kelsey is certainly an interesting name. And I think Kelsey, I think still could have more years of, of uh, a major dynasty impact versus Melvin Gordon. So, um, you know, I guess it, where I'm leaning in this deal is I probably take Kelsey Cooks and, and Cohen. I, I am legitimately worried about Kelsey's offseason ankle surgery. Yeah, that's interesting. Why wouldn't you be? I mean, I don't know. Guys get injured all the time. We haven't heard any reports that there's any, been any setbacks for it. So, of course, I mean, you don't hear bad news. Right. I guess you could – yeah, I'm worried about Phil, Philip Lindsay's wrist injury, and, and we're only hearing positive things about that. So, I guess you're right. It, it's maybe – maybe it's wishful thinking, optimism. I don't know. Trey, um, what, what do you think about this, this deal? Where, where do you So, stand? what I will say, what, which side did Will – did you did – you, which side did you take, Will? I took, I took Gordon and Diggs. Now is that Gordon and Diggs what you thought Twitter would do, and or, I, what I would do, what you, and what you would do? Yeah, I think for me, I would take the Kelsey Cooks and Cohen side, um, and, and part of that surrounds the fact that right now Melvin Gordon is that could, that situation is very concerning, um, and you know I, I think his <clears throat> you know, there's there's a legitimate chance that he holds out. I don't know that the Chargers are going to re-sign him or sign him to a long-term deal. You know, he's, he's had a problem with, with missing games um, intermittently. And I, I just don't know. that It's a little scary situation. So, and, and to be completely honest, I feel like right now in a stock PPR, Travis Kelsey should be the first player picked of all of these players listed with the, with the positional advantage that he is. You know, I think that it's not unreasonable to consider him in the in the early second round range, um, kind of a la Gronk, right? Back in the day when when Gronk was really dominant at the at the tight end position. Um, so I, I would I would take, and, and I don't think I think Cooks and Stephon Diggs are very close for me. I think Diggs is uh, a little higher end as far as year in and year out production. I think Cooks is a little safer. You know, Diggs really has only done it for one year, right? I mean his I've always been a Diggs believer, but in, you know, staying healthy and playing 16 games has always been tough for him. He finally put it together last year, and, and I think we're going to continue to see that. I like Diggs a lot. I have a hard time with this trade as far as knowing what Twitter would do. I guess it, uh, just based on what I believe about Twitter and that they are fairly overreactive to everything, um, I believe that Twitter probably went Kelsey Cooks and Cohen's side. Cohen's kind of the, you know, I mean – I don't know how much value Cohen really has right now. He's kind of a, a random – I think there's still a lot of people that believe he can still be productive there in Chicago. You know, a lot of people say that he's a sell. I think his value is taking a little bit of a hit. But um, I'm going to say that, that Twitter went Kelsey Cooks Cohen uh, 53%. All right. Give me, give me a last point about this. So, like, so Melvin Gordon has the danger of holding out, but Melvin Gordon is not injured in the offseason. Kelsey had ankle surgery. So to me, Melvin Gordon 
is a very much safer pick when it comes to long-term value without knowing how exactly it's going to affect Kelsey. And I'm, don't get me wrong, guys. I own Kelsey in a lot of places, and I love having Kelsey. But I, I'm starting to get to that value point where I'm going to start chopping him. Let's get it before it hits OTAs. Let's, let's like, I, I, I want to I kind of mitigate that risk. I, I, the, the whole Gronk injury history, and Kelsey isn't young. And so having that in a lower, you know, a lower uh, body, I guess lower like limb surgery is to me scarier than what they've all given credit. And we haven't heard anything about it, which makes it worse to me. I think, I think Melvin Gordon's value has been there in that, you know, Chargers offense. I mean, you're talking about a guy who's only had a thousand yards rushing in the NFL one season. Okay. The guy that's, you know, been pretty reliant on touchdowns was heavily utilized in the passing game last year. You're talking about a 26-year-old running back that if he holds out, I mean, next year's running back class is stacked. So there are going to be teams that are going to be able to get. I mean, we saw Le'Veon Bell get a deal this year with the Jets, but I believe that Melvin Gordon has it really, really nice in L.A. in the same way that Le'Veon Bell did in uh, Pittsburgh. So uh, you're, you're talking about a guy on one side of this deal that literally might not play this year. And, and you're talking about, I mean, Travis Kelsey, like ankle surgery is, I don't have any reason to believe that that would be concerning uh, more than any other surgery. I mean, people, you know, NFL players have surgeries in the off season all the time. Um, so I just think, I mean, Kelsey is a dominant force at the tight end position. He's the greatest positional advantage I know that Ertz and Kittle scored similarly this last year. I don't anticipate that to continue. I mean, Travis Kelsey is a league winner kind of player. And Melvin Gordon might not even be playing football this next season. So, so I mean, I, that's, that's my thing is you're, you're talking about a huge risk that one of these, the, the, the cog of one side of the deal. I mean, Diggs is obviously not in value. I mean, he's got value, but that, that's my concern. That's kind of where my – but. Uh, Melvin Gordon has to play this year. It doesn't count towards his contract. It's not the same as Le'Veon Bell. It's not the franchise tag. Well, he has to play, but he doesn't have to come back to like week 10. And, and no, I'm pretty sure it's pretty early on. It's different because it's not the franchise tag. No, I know, but I think it's week 10. I, I believe I heard, and that, that, that could be incorrect, but. I, I, could, the, I could be wrong too. Well, that's here's the, the deal too then. If, if, that's, if that's the case, if he, then, then why would he be threatening to hold out? You know, that, that would just make him look like an idiot. If he has to come back to, to get, you know, released from his deal, um, I don't know. I just there's, – there's, there's enough risk there for me to, to take the other side of this deal. So, so, Will, how many games has Travis Kelsey missed in his career, do you know? Uh, it's not a lot. One game because of a concussion. Yeah, but he had another concussion before and had to be carried off the field. This week, last year, I, I think it, it was you know, two, the, like two years ago. Like it's, uh, this is football, though, man. I mean, well, I want to talk about is like lower leg injuries at the tight end position. Tell me when that that's worked out well. Give me another uh, ankle surgery offseason that's worked out well. I don't even know another. I mean, what what's an uh, ankle surgery offseason that like, like, you know, like break someone's career? Lower leg, like, well. Mm-hmm. I mean, and the, the two centerpiece, you know, the two guys, the centerpiece, uh, centerpieces of this deal, Kelsey, Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon also has his own injury concerns. We, we've talked about it. He's, he's like, you know, j- just this past fantasy season, he lost him for the fantasy playoffs. So, you know, Kelsey's proven it. Yes, there, there is there a danger there? He's 29 years old. He's getting older. Sure. But 
I, I think Kelsey has the ability to stay, uh, have a fancy impact longer than Melvin Gordon. And, you know, he, he is a huge advantage on your team. So, not, I mean, not to pile it on, but, I, I, but I'm glad you're, you're making this point, Will, because no one else is talking about it. You are right. No one's really – I mean, we, we kind of casually talk about it. You're like, well, the reports, we think he's going to be back. Um, it's like the upside down. Yeah, yeah. So I'm glad you're mentioning it because it's not even part of the calculus for anyone when they're talking about Travis Kelsey. At least I don't think it is. So I'm glad you brought it up. It's a good point. Just like we were talking about Gronk retirement in last year's offseason. Yeah, right. And it happens quickly, yeah, once injuries, they, they pile on. Let's see what Twitter said. So just as a reminder, we're talking about a package of – Kelsey, Brandon Cook, versus Melvin Gordon and Diggs. So let's see what Twitter said. Oh, they went with the Kelsey Cooks coincide 57%. Melvin Gordon and Stefan Diggs uh, only managed 43%. So, and probably this is no doubt. This was um, out on Twitter July 15th. So it's recent. All these are very recent. And I'm sure the Melvin Gordon news impacted people's voting on this. So. Oh, drastically. If this would have been a month ago, it would have been the Gordon and Diggs side, no question. I mean, I, I think that the, the um, outcome of the poll had everything to do with the timing. That was the first thing I looked at. I, you know, was, was when I saw that this poll was just two days ago, I figured the Gordon side would be negatively impacted by the news. Right, and correct. as it should right. be. I mean, you know, there, I, I, there's just a lot of risk there. All right, guys, we're going to get out of here. We're going to close the big show right here. We're going to take it over to the Patreon show so our Patreon listeners will get to hear uh, how the Fantasy Joes react to these other Twitter trades, including the Battle of the Tylers, Tyler Boyd versus Tyler Lockett. You don't want to miss that, so you'll have to join us on Patreon to check it out. So thanks for why listening. It, why is it Tyler Croft or Tyler Eifert? <laughs> no, well, it, once you, uh, get on, once you log into Twitter and put it out there on Twitter – It'll be there. So, all right. We'll, 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 listeners, we'll see you later. Let's do it. Let's wrap it up and save the next segment for the Patreon show. We, I you guess. Wanna, I well, mean, I don't know. Oh no, let's just roll it. Let's just have a longer one. We're in the off season. Yeah, come on. Let's, all right. Uh, let's roll it. Like you give the Patreon listeners something that they could. You know, a little incentive for well, maybe, the, maybe the we'll, common okay. peasant listeners to become <laughs> Patreon supporters. That's right. I'm calling you, I'm calling you out. <laughs> hey, Trey, I didn't, I didn't pick that up. <laughs> Did he freeze on you too, Ryan? Oh, it's for, oh, okay. It's, it's, I thought it was just on my end. No, he's... I, yeah, he's just like... Uh, for those that can't see you, Trey has really pursed lips in the video, Jen. He's about to lay some knowledge on all of us. Oh, you know what? I should I should do a little screenshot here, and we'll we can share this on Twitter. <laughs> It'd be so good. I have no idea what happened there. But... <laughs> Don't worry, I got a I got a screenshot. It's perfect. Don't worry. Oh, Trey's on mute. Oh, hey, this is Trey. Uh, I'm digging that Kelsey and Melvin Gordon. Oh, oh he's now. on. Oh, wait, wait. Well, he is on. Trey's on the phone. So. Oh no no no! He's still here. This is Trey. <laughs> <laughs> I shaved my beard recently, and uh, Tree Cohen doesn't have a beard, so I don't trust him. <laughs> I think I have to stop the share to stop. All right, I'm gonna. Can I? Can I pee real quick? Yeah, I need to do the same. So yes. Yeah. Yeah, my permission.